Welcome, welcome, welcome. Episode seven. We made it all the way to episode seven. This is Wit speaking. Glad to be here with y'all tonight. I got three of the guests with me tonight. We're looking at a, a beautiful red cheek Drew Hampton from Desert. We're <laughs> praying he stays on the whole episode. We don't know. We never know anymore. That Desert internet's not very good. Then we got old Jacob. Jacob's any day now. It's close, isn't it? Any day. Any day. Uh, we're inducing Sunday if you don't show up anytime soon, but I know we've been talking about it from the beginning of the podcast. Hopefully one day he'll look back and be like, oh my gosh, y'all had a podcast and I was about to be born. Oh yeah. It might be lame by that point. I don't know. It might be. I don't know. Never know. But we got Jacob here. Jacob the snack. That's his new nickname here on this on this Zencaster. So uh glad to have you. Um and then I got my I got my middle brother Sam. I got a younger brother John. We've already talked to him, but I got Sam on tonight and he's got a pretty good experience. He's been he's been an elk hunter for a while, but I think he's got a little bit of a story that might be a kill. I, I we'll have to see what happens. But uh sam thanks for being on i thanks for taking some time out of your day i know you're busy <laughs> you got a job just like everybody else but uh i appreciate you take, taking some time out of your day so uh with further ado i mean sam tell us a little bit about yourself would you yes that's right hey what's up guys uh my name's sam bell i'm a pharmacist here in uh arkansas but i really grew up with my brother's uh duck hunting deer hunting turkey hunting and i finally got into elk hunting you know as i started making a little bit of money and i could travel out there out west um but yeah i'm, I'm just excited to be here excited to kind of give you all the rundown of how elk hunting goes and you know the trials that i went through and uh finally found some success after three years of doing it you know it, it it's tough it's for sure it's tough it kind of reminds me of my uh, my hunting with uh, with turkeys. It's it's it took about four or five years to kill one, so you just got to figure them out. But uh, yeah, man, I I'll be honest with you, I I'm the same way. I and I was so glad to be there with you this year, and we're gonna get into that story here in a second. But uh, just kind of some background. I mean, out of my three brothers. I just, I'm going to go off on a tangent here, Sam, for a second, because I know we're not going to talk <laughs> about this again, but yeah, out of my three brothers, there's, there's one that's very lucky. Okay. And John, John had a good year this year. You remember Jake? I mean, we went and picked that deer up. I mean, that's a pretty good one. Yeah. He was, uh, his, most of his weight was in his, uh, antlers. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, John John gave me that meat, and uh, I cooked some the other day, and I swear it tastes like its neck was still swollen. So he was a good mature whitetail, to say the least. A little tough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it didn't eat real good, but he was a good deer. And, I mean, in all honesty, John's had some good years, but there's one that kind of 
set everybody aside, and it was Sam. I mean, he he was the first one that killed something over 160 inches at the farm. I mean, that was just we thought we were killing good deer, and then here comes Sam. Just one day <laughs> we're out there duck hunting. Yeah. It kills a really nice deer. I think let's let's start with that story a little bit, Sam. I mean, we go back what three years from now. Oh, we man, had a little, was, and then we'll get uh, on the elk. We're gonna get on the elk. Don't worry. But yeah, this was a good one right here. Oh God, that was back way back. I'd say I think 2016 is when I shot. You want you me to talk about the wide one or the one with the no wide. Uh, the wide because I think we I think we can go with both of them, but I'd start with just the wide one though. Yeah, I mean, so just pick, <laughs> pick out which 170 inch deer yeah. you talk about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just rub it in hey. a little bit, you know, just let everybody know. <laughs> That's right. Uh, There's no, no problem with either. No, it was. It was uh, let's start with the the date. Uh, I'd say it was like the second week of season. No. It was right when a uh, duck season started, so I guess that was probably the second or third week of deer season, modern gun. That's right. And uh, my brothers, they decided to go duck hunting because it was opening day. And uh, wow, we were excited about that. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't mad at the ducks just yet. Um, so I decided to uh, sit up in the north stand. Uh, that's the stand that I I like to get in uh, most of the time. Seems like I see bigger deer on that one, but uh, uh, kind of a backstory on that. Uh, it stormed hella hard mm-hmm. that night. I mean, wind was blowing. It was like a halfway tornado. <laughs> yeah, it was, and it was it was windy all night, rainy all night, and um, I guess it kind of made the deer to where they didn't really want to move at night. And uh, this, you could tell, this buck was nocturnal by the his size i mean you usually don't see these deer out during the day um but yeah he uh he showed up i probably saw two or three doe you know as i was sitting and um this big wide buck we've never seen on camera before um but he he came from the uh the north side about about 300 yards down uh, I had my 270 Weatherby out, and uh, I was pretty confident in that gun. Uh, so he, you know, he stepped out there. It was probably five seconds. He stepped out there. I was looking at him. I pulled up the scope on him. You, I could see antlers from 300 yards away, so I knew he was a bit a jumbo for sure. That's right. Yeah, and so I pulled up the scope on him. He he had some mass when he was looking straight on. Um, and, but then he looked down the lane towards me and I saw he was probably, I think he's about six inches outside his ears on both sides. I said, Oh my God. (laughs) So, (laughs) so I, I just put it on his shoulder. I mean, I didn't give time to get nervous or anything. I put it on the shoulder and pulled the trigger. And, um, you really can't tell at that distance if the deer is hit or not. I mean, I just saw that he wasn't in the lane anymore. So I was like, well, I hope I hit him. <laughs> so uh, I caught my brothers. They they killed about eight or ten ducks that day. I mean, they, they did a pretty good job. I actually got a picture of the ducks and the deer together. That's pretty yeah, funny. Yeah, that was, that was uh, funny. 
Yeah, but uh, I called them up and I called my dad up and said, hey, y'all need to get over here. I killed the biggest buck of my life, not even playing. <laughs> so they get over there and the old Suzuki sidekick, we got like a little cage with a metal rack on the back of it <laughs> that we, we've, we've been known to pull, uh, pull deer out of the woods with. So uh, dad comes over there and then Wit and John, they right behind him. And uh, I say, I shot him right about here. Uh, and, you know, he looked like he kicked. You know, you really can't tell. And, I mean, not even 30 yards away, that son of a bitch was sitting there belly up. I mean, he would and, – and not even kidding, I shot his ass right through the heart. I, yeah, no, and, and that's, that's kind of like where we're like, you know – when Sam says he done shot one, last couple of years before that, prior, we had some troubles with his gun. Or, yeah. I mean, it might not have been his gun. I don't know. <laughs> it might have been the user. But, yeah. I mean, uh, we, we've trailed some stuff that wasn't dead. So, yeah. uh, when yeah, he told us was... he shot something big, we we're like, oh my gosh, let's go get our tracking dogs we're gonna call jacob up and see if he's got any dogs find something <laughs> dead <laughs> yeah but now I, I felt pretty confident with that 270 so luckily he he just laid up about 30 yards away um i mean he was uh i think uh 11 point he had a broken off uh brow time um uh, he could have been a 12 but i mean he was I mean, he had mass out the ass. I mean, he just big deer. You can tell he was a mature deer. You know, one of those you just see on the Weatherby magazine or or the Weatherby shelves. You know, just That's jumbo. Right. No, I mean it was a it was a great deer, and I'm out of I, anybody you hunted the artist that year. It was a great. It was it was your turn. It was. I remember. I remember getting that picture of that deer. I was like, my god, that's a big deal. That's a mm-hmm. big joker. I yeah, did too. Yeah. I remember I was at work and saw that too, and I was freaking out. Everybody was looking at me kind of funny. I was like, holy cow. Them guys up there, them pine cone heaters, they don't quite see something like that. I'm telling well, I you. Seen a pine, I seen a pine cone eater today, and I ain't even lying to you. He was standing in a pine thicket. <laughs> He's a stud, though. I mean, you you yeah, told me but, about him earlier today, hundred mid hundred thirties or whatever, Jake. What? <clears throat> That's what I'm calling it. He's a nice one for over yeah. here. So Sam goes and kills this big, wide, nice buck. It it might have been my Facebook profile picture for a while. I don't know. <laughs> I, I can't remember. That's back when Facebook was pretty popular. So it was it was a really really good deer, and I'm I'm pretty stoked for you. I mean. Uh, you know, go and throw in that extra deer that uh, had a couple drop times. You've you've had some pretty good deer killed. I mean, tell us a little bit about that drop time buck. I mean, he had bilateral drop times. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, and they were about five inches long a piece. Um, but so this this drop time deer I killed before this wide eleven point. But, you know, it didn't really have the wow factor. I guess, you know, I look at more of the mass and the width of a deer. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know. But this this drop-tying deer, he was inside his ears, but
But, he, I mean, he had drop times. Like, who who the heck kills one with drop times in Arkansas? Nobody. Oh, that – You know? Hey, they were du- doubled up, man. Yeah. I, so I wouldn't have passed him up. Yeah. So, uh, funny story on that. My dad, he said uh, – he said, yeah, I, I, I saw a really nice deer last weekend. Uh, he walked out, looked like he had earrings on. So I, I shot. I was walking out. I got out down from the stand, and I was walking out, so I was free-handing him. And uh, I shot once. He didn't move. Well, before he shot, he said he walked out, and he pissed like a big dog just right there on the pad. I mean, for about 30 seconds. <laughs> and so <laughs> – and so he sat there. He had enough time. He looked at him. He watched him piss. And then he's like, all right, well, it looks like he's mine. And uh, he pulled up. He shot. And the deer didn't move at all. And he's like, well, I, I guess I missed. So he racked another one in there. He shot again. And this time, it kind of it kind of looked like it. he had hit him somewhat. But he kind of he, he just trotted off. He didn't really just get out of there in a hurry. Um, but uh, that's the story he told me, he said. And so we blood tracked him for a bit, never could find him. Um, and that was the weekend before I shot shot him. Uh, he said, there's a, there's a big one out there. So I was out hunting him. And uh, funny story about it. Uh, so he, uh, when this deer walked out, he was on the north stand like I killed that other 11 point. Uh, he walked out probably 150 yards. So it wasn't too bad of a shot. And uh, he when he walked out, I noticed he had some type of like brown patch or kind of like a greasy spot on the back of his on his back, about about midways. And I was like, "What in the heck was that?" I mean, I you know you could see it through the scope. And so I mean, I didn't really care much. I just shot him because he had drop tines, and uh, and he ended up running about a hundred yards, hundred fifty yards away. Uh, ended up finding him. But matter of fact, dad hit him twice. He hit him once. Wow. <laughs> he hit him once through the ass cheeks. And then, he, <laughs> and then he hit him once right across the back. And that greasy spot was where he had, you know, I guess, skimped him the second time. And that's where he, I guess he felt it. And it was all abscessed up. I mean, we didn't eat the tenderloin or nothing. Um, yeah, no, should've, that. that should have gave him a 9-millimeter nine, nine on him. You know, <laughs> I heard it can shoot pretty good. Yeah, we ain't gonna get we ain't gonna get to the nine millimeter story yet. Nah. <laughs> That's another same story. But we ain't uh, trying to get like illegal here on the on the Little Woods Outdoor. No, nah, I'm just saying. I heard but, I heard he's a I heard he's a pistolier. Is all. Yeah, uh, uh, he's a game warden. And he's a pistolier. That's that's where we're gonna leave that at. I mean, we're gonna have to have him on the episode because I know he's got some stories for sure. I can't believe he didn't move when he nicked him that first time. Yeah, yeah. I'm and surprised somebody else might have caught that one though, Sam. You know it. Uh-huh. I mean, but he had a hole. It was about an uh, inch wide, right through his butt cheeks. I mean, he could have been a, a deer, another deer, you know, chasing him off and puncturing him. But it was through both cheeks. And so I'm sitting there like, Dang. there's no way an antler could go through both cheeks. It had to have been a, a gun or a, you know, a, a bow, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's something I, I mean, guess we'll never know. 
Well, uh, I know, uh, you know, killing a big whitetail is something that's always enjoyable, but to kind of make a transition here with you, Sam, you know, we see a lot of big deer. It's, it's a little more common to see those whitetail deer and things like that, but let's, let's get started on this elk story here. I want to kind of know how that came to fruition. How did you find out where you were wanting to go? Was it just on a whim? Did you have buddies that kind of turned you on to that? Uh, tell us a little bit how you got started on wanting to go out towards Colorado or in that area close to the New Mexico border and things like that. Yeah. Uh, so I, I've set a couple goals, a couple hunting outdoors goals in my life. And uh, I guess that was my next goal was to kill an elk. You know, I'd, I'd watch videos on it. I learned how to bugle. I was just sick for it. And so um, I was super pumped to get out there and I, I did my research in Colorado. They have uh, the best elk population out there or as what the internet says. So I was like, well, I'll just start in Colorado, you know, make my chances greater. Um, so, I, uh, so the first couple years, this is a three year journey. The first couple years I went out to like Southwest Colorado uh, but the, the thing about it was I was carrying a bow. I went during archery season and I had no idea. Just the only thing I knew about elk was the videos I watched. Um, I mean, I, I kind of knew how to play the wind right, but I mean, I was just going out there just trying to learn from my experiences. Cause I mean, I thought like that that's the only way I can really learn, you know, is, is just get out there, you know, experience things. Um, but this uh, this last trip, this last year, I ended up bringing a gun. I uh, I was tired of the bow. I said, I'm going to reach out there and kill him at 500 yards. <laughs> uh, what gun did you take? Wasn't that 270, was it? Oh, I took the 270. That's the one I'm confident in. So I took oh, it reliable. out there. Yes, yes. I was like, well, and everybody made fun of me. He's like, you're taking that nice gun out here. No, I mean, it was just, a nice gun. It was a yeah. nice weather bead with a wooden stock. It was a beautiful gun. But yeah. if it kills, it kills. That's right. Yeah. It was It was just one that I had my faith in. So I brought it. it. it I may have got I mean, a few your, scratches. Your transition. <laughs> I mean, your transition into this story right now. But uh, kind of background for this. So me and Sam, and if anybody wants to know kind of some details on this, just reach out. I, I don't care to tell people kind of how to do it, but uh, me and Sam over here, we got invited to go on this pack-in trip. All right, so this is our first trip. I mean, Sam's been elk hunting several times, but you ain't been on a pack-in trip, have you? No, I've just always yeah. done a DIY trip. So just yeah. with the truck, yeah. walking in <laughs> yeah. as far as so I can this go. Was, <laughs> so this was a pack-in trip, me and Sam. We're we're blast about it. I mean, and I mean, in all honesty, I mean, if you get cost-wise all contributed, you can go shoot it. You can shoot an elk in a high fence somewhere it'll cost you a certain amount of money 
Or you can go get packed in and say, hey, good luck. Kill something on public land. And that was that's what we picked. I mean, we're just starting our careers. We ain't got enough money to go just play at these high fence places yet. I mean, at some point, we might want to. You know what I'm saying? We might mm-hmm. want to. Oh, I don't yeah. know. I, th- I think you get that, that free ranger, uh, what do they call it, free uh, fair chase, you know, whatever you call it. I think you'll get more gratification out of that. And, you know, one of the things my dad, throughout the early 90s, or, uh, late 80s, he would go to Colorado himself. He would do basically what you guys did, would drive out there onto some public ground and just walk in. And the stories that he would tell me is the fact of how difficult it really is to kill an elk. I mean, it's really just not that easy. Uh, and to do something that a lot of people spend many years, many, many years trying to do, I think that's pretty neat. And the fact that you guys had a successful hunt was, was great as well. But so how did, how did y'all get into where you were at? Did y'all, you said you packed in, does that mean you hiked in? Did you take horses? You know, how long of a trip was it? Kind of start there and then we can get into that hunt too. Uh, yeah, so we drove about 16 hours uh, from Hickory Plains out to Colorado. Uh, we made several stops along the way. I was I was starving. <laughs> yeah, I was time. tired of looking at you. <laughs> and Witt was tired of looking at me. He had to have a break. And honestly, I was tired of Witt talking on the phone. <laughs> I like talking on the phone. <laughs> hey, he called the same person. Three different times within. No, Jacob, within you were two the, hours. You were one of them. Hey, <laughs> I, I I know y'all talked to me for at least an hour and forty five minutes. I don't know uh, if that was once or twice a day, but uh, uh, I know y'all y'all talked to me a lot. Yeah, just a warning out there: if you ever ride in the truck with wit, just be prepared. Either bring some earmuffs or uh, or just soak it all in, because you'll learn a lot along the way. And you'll definitely just—I don't even know. You just—you'll check in on somebody three different times, make sure they're good. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, so it was about sixteen hours. Uh, we went through. We took I forty all the way out there. So it got pretty boring after Amarillo, and really dusty then. But it, it, it's neat, the change of scenery from Arkansas to Colorado. I mean, you'd experience just the flatlands that we grew up in. Then we go through some kind of the Ozark Mountains, Washita Mountains range. And then you'd kind of hit Oklahoma, where it'd get like to be the rolling hills again with the red soil um, and just all the, the, the trees kind of shrunk as we went out west. I noticed that the trees smaller, shrunk. smaller, didn't they? They, they got did. a lot smaller. Yeah, and so then we made it to Amarillo. Then after that, it was just seemed like shrubs, dust, and those uh, what are those uh, things that roll across the road? The uh, tumbleweeds. 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 The tumbleweeds. We've yeah, seen we a saw, bunch of those. We saw we had plenty dodge of tumbleweeds. Them on the highway, same. Yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> you get, if you'd have, if you'd have tried that big Texan challenge in Amarillo, you got to eat that fifteen pound steak or whatever it is. You'd have probably been all right till you made it. That's right. Mm. Yeah. Hey, I've, I've been eyeballing that steak every time I go through. I'm going to test it out one day. Uh, 
but yeah, we, I mean, after Amarillo, you know, you'd hit, uh, I guess, New Mexico. Is that right? That's right. Okay. I didn't know if I had my geography right, but, uh, you'd hit New Mexico and it was neat because you'd see different houses, you know, like the houses were had that like Adobe type plaster, you know, as you went through there. And it was cool, like the transition from Arkansas all the way up to Colorado, um, just kind of the different, the different scenery, you know, I, that's all we had time for is just to uh, look out, look out the window, listen to wit, talk on the phone. <laughs> yeah. I, in all honesty, my main thing for the trip was Sam's driving was really bad. So, I mean, when we're driving down there that far, I mean, you really <laughs> notice it. And, and the second thing I noticed was once we started getting to different parts of Texas and really it was when we crossed into New Mexico, it's like, how do people live out here? I mean, it was all the same. It was... Mm-hmm. I could have sworn at any moment I thought Trump's border wall was about to pop up. Not, that's what it looked like. You couldn't Man. find a shade tree either. I mean, Jacob, you kind of got some experience out there in West Texas. I mean, it's just all the same, is it not? Oh, yeah. I've been all over West Texas and uh, Southeast New Mexico. I mean, it all just runs together out there. It's a it's different, uh, different geography, and it's just, I don't know. I don't know. I've been out there a lot, and I could never live out there. It's just not my cup of tea. I don't know. I, I got to have some some hills, some little mountains, a little green. Uh, it's a it's a different world for sure. I mean, when you're out in Midland, Texas, and you're making money on oil field and all, I mean, it's different, I guess. But the the main thing for us, we were rolling through, trying to find trying to find a gas station for Sam to go pee in. And, and then next <laughs> thing we know, we show up. We're at Chama. He's talking about this good burger he's had there. We see all these. I <laughs> mean, we seen – what did we see? It was a bunch of mule deer kind of in that area, wasn't it? Or, yeah. I mean, it was a – Mule deer. Jumbos. Yeah, let's, let's back up to Chama. Okay, shout out to Chama Grill there. They shut down. I think COVID got them, unfortunately. <laughs> But they yeah, had they the did. best. They had the best burger. You didn't get to experience it with because you you went the last this past year. Uh, but the years prior, we'd always stop in Chama, and we'd have this burger with like this green chili pepper. Uh, I guess kind of like salsa on top of it, and it was it was fantastic. I mean, it was out of this world. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I mean. Going to Chama, then we'd see all these mule deer. These mule deer, they're not too smart. I mean, we saw 30, 40 of them just laying on the side of the road. I'm like, oh, my gosh. What is a, what's their deal? But seems like they don't really care about the oncoming traffic situation. I've seen, <laughs> I seen a Western Star truck hit a mule deer about 60 mile an hour one time out there. It's probably still laying there, but... It, he didn't survive. Hey, <laughs> I, I guarantee you, I there was not many opportunities I wasn't going to drive the truck, but the one time I ended up giving Sam the reins to this truck, we almost smoked a mule deer. He was standing out there with his head out in the lane just ready to die, wasn't he, Sam? Oh, yeah. And he was a trophy. 
Let me tell you. Oh, he was a trophy. <laughs> he was a trophy buck. That's crazy. Yeah, that was a. Out. He was about a trophy buck in the back of the truck. If I returned just right, I could have hit him, and it flipped into the back of the bed, and we just kept on going. Yeah, and that mule deer hunt too. That could be an interesting story that we could get into. But and you speak about how much you see them on the side of the road. Dad used to tell me you could almost walk up on top of them before they get you know scared and run off and things like that. And uh, you know, Wit talking about people almost hitting deer. He can't really talk. He he almost uh, took out two doe at once. Messed old Red up at the time. <laughs> No, Red was—he got screwed up that day. We went. We were just trying to go get some Mexican food, but uh, I think, in all honesty, though, once we finally made it up there to Pagosa where we were hunting Sam, it was—it was well worth it, though, wasn't it? I mean, the oh. trip—the trip was long. Arkansas to Colorado—that's a long drive, but I mean, by the time we made it, it was a blast and kind of getting into it a little bit i mean i've had a lot of friends call me and like god how'd y'all how'd y'all kill that elk uh tell me details about this trip man all you gotta do is find somebody that's gonna pack you in just like we had and we can go from there but i mean in all honesty one of these outfitters they've got a they got an outfit somewhere. I guarantee yeah. there is. And there's plenty of people that still have openings. So if you're still looking right now, this year they got plenty of openings. I, I think, are we going back, Sam? Or is oh, our trip? Yeah. I mean, we do have that drop camp uh, booked up. Michael's got it booked up. So just kind of waiting around, see if we want to go or if we're free that weekend, you know, that week. But uh, so I, I, I really so think what, the. Uh, uh, the drop camp's the way to go. I mean, mm-hmm. I, but I, I guess I may be a little biased because I've only done DIY, walking around with a bow, and then drop camp. I haven't really done the outfitter whole setup with that Santa at a lodge, just walking out the back door and shooting, shooting the elk. Um, but DIY or the uh, the drop camp, uh, it kind of has a mix of, you know, they get you out there, they get you, I'd, we were probably eight miles from the trailhead. Um, but they get you out there far enough to where the typical DIY guy that doesn't have a horse really can't go consistently. I mean, he can make it out there, but oh, he, he better can make it some, out there. Yeah, he can bring. Yeah, but he may not make it back. Is the thing. <laughs> he won't. <laughs> yeah, you just gotta. I was worried about food that trip, but uh, yeah, I mean, as long as <laughs> that's another story, but uh. But yeah, I think I think that's a good you know middle lane. That way that you can still hunt on your own. Uh, you're not really guided in a sense. You're you know you're kind of put around the elk, so you can kind of use your instincts to go from there. You know, and and, and you I feel like you can have more pride at, at killing killing an elk. You know, if you're successful. Well, so you make the long journey with Wit on the phone. I mean, that's a trip on its own. That's right. Uh, pick us up there about when you arrive at camp and uh, leading up to y'all getting out to to y'all's destination. All right. So uh, I haven't ridden a horse in, I'd say, <laughs> 15, 20 years. And I'm 28 years old, okay? 
the last experience I had, I was leading one out of the round pen and the stirrups got hung up in the gate and I just, I just lost control. I mean, that beast was, you know, you know how big a horse is, 1,200 pounds. And I just, I was, my young self was like, how in the hell am I supposed to control this animal? There's no way. I mean, it's got a mind of its own. Uh, so I was uh, definitely scared or I guess, you know, it was definitely new steps for me to get on a horse and to uh, to climb that mountain on horseback, considering I haven't rode a horse in about five, ten years. So, so I got to ask you too, was that a scenery a little bit better than looking at that goofy face in the window the whole time? <laughs> oh, my God. I was looking for well, Thank God he was behind me. I already, <laughs> I already have two red flags on going on the elk hunt. The the drive there and then the daggum horse. <laughs> my question is, could you tell the difference between the end of the horse and Wit's face? That's my question for you. Uh, you know, there was, there was one horse that uh, resembled. <laughs> we, uh, Don't we even nicknamed, do that. <laughs> we nicknamed her, uh, her Mimi. Mimi. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was good. I yeah, it, it was actually a mule, but oh well, that sounds about right. <laughs> we so we get to this place uh, down South Colorado, and we're we're in a hotel. Next morning, the whole plan was meet about nine o'clock. We're gonna get on horses. We're gonna get packed in. So we we get there, and there wasn't a ton of snow at that moment. Was it? Was there, Sam? I can't. I don't think there was. Well, we did have some snowfall driving up there, but I mean, it, it really hadn't set in just yet. Yeah. And, and so there had been a little bit, but not a ton. So we we ride up into this little spot. We met some nice guys from uh, New York area, and they were nice. I mean, they'd been scouting and getting ready for the rifle season <laughs> there. We're like, yeah, we're about to go kill your elk wave back off in here. So we park our trucks all around their camp. And they're, I mean, they're there doing it right. I mean, do you remember their names, Sam? I can't remember it. I don't remember the names, but they had been sitting there for a week. I mean, they yeah, they've been there for a week <laughs> just trying to find one. <laughs> and and so uh, they're over there like cutting wood and stuff. We're like, yeah, I hope there's wood at this camp. Uh, but <laughs> so we park Sam's truck, get our stuff out, and then about about an oh god, he's about two hours late, wasn't he? At least. Uh, oh, yeah, the guy that packed us in. Yeah. So uh, kind of explaining the whole pack-in process. So what you do is you find an outfitter. I mean, there's tons that do this, and they have these little camps. And so these camps are way off in the public forest, but they have these kind of almost leased to some extent. So uh, basically by booking with this group, we have that spot, right? So uh, we're waiting there. He's like, yeah, I'll be at this time. We're we're there. We were there about 30 minutes early. About an hour and a half later, here comes some horses walking up the trail. We're like, God, finally. Here we go. So me and Sam, it's our first trip. We're, we're excited. We got these bags. We They're supposed to be certain weights. We're, we're like praying they're the same weight. You know, I, I don't... <laughs> I don't know what the weight requirement was, but we were a little bit off. I remember that much at least, but 
uh, at the same time. So we, we get all loaded up on these horses and uh, get our guns loaded into the scabbards and all that. And uh, About that time, Sam's like, yeah, I don't remember how to ride a horse. He's, he's <laughs> over there pulling on this horse, just jerking him, trying to get him all settled down. And he's like, man, we're about to go about 10 miles deep. He's like, well, I hope I'm in the back. <laughs> I guarantee you were in the front the whole time. Were you not? Rio just liked to be first place. I don't know what it was. Rio was the horse that I rode hey, in if on. You ain't he first, was, you're last. I guess so. But I mean, it was it was a big black horse. I mean, his name was Rio. He was the oldest one of the crew. And funny story about that. I was asking the guy that kind of walked us through. I said, "Man, what's kind of the age range on like you carry these horses in? What you know?" what age range do they, they sit, you know, comfortable at hiking up these, these mountains. And he said, Oh, you know, their best years are about, about eight to 20. I said, Oh, okay. Well, how old is Rio? And <laughs> cause I noticed he was huffing and puffing throughout the whole trip. And he said, Oh, he's about 24. And I looked at him and I said, well, that's four years old. <laughs> this poor horse. He was getting it, uh, but he, he made, made it he there. He made it up the hill, and he, he brought you back. home, didn't you? And he brought me home. I said, please oh, yeah. bring Rio when you pack me out. <laughs> Man, Rio I, did I a good job. I, I fit in with that horse in so many levels. It's unbelievable. I yeah. love that Rio took you on that trip, Sam. I, and the funniest thing, and, and we'll post some videos of – uh, I think on Littlewoods Outdoors on Facebook, we're going to post some videos of Sam uh, riding that horse. I, th- I think that was the funniest thing that I've watched in my entire life. Uh, he acted like he was up there on the balancing beam. I'm, it was it was good. But the... I was taking my first main, steps, you know. Yeah. Taking you away. <laughs> it, I witnessed it. It was good. But, I mean, in all honesty, I... I don't, I'm not trying to scare people away from this. I think that getting a packed in trip like that was, it was terrific. I mean, you're getting packed off into nowhere. Uh, you're on a horse. The horse thing, I mean, yeah, there's some, there's definitely an added element of danger. But I mean, if, if, if you're willing to do that, They'll get you off in there where you can really enjoy it. You don't have to worry about, oh, my God, I've got 150 pounds on my back. I'm trying to pack myself in and have enough food and and water, et cetera, for a week. Like, we had enough. It was there. I mean, once we got to the camp, it was there. So, uh, once we got to camp, it was the stereotypical canvas tents. We had two of them. Uh, one was a cook tent. One was a uh, kind of a canvas tent that mainly was for sleeping. Um, that was nice. I mean, I enjoyed the setup. Did you say Oh, yeah. I kind of like that they were connected. That way we could cook, you know, and kind of open that way into the other tent. It heated up along the way. So we really wouldn't have to uh, turn on that propane heater for too long. You know, get carbon monoxide. <laughs> uh, that, that's but, part of the experience. But, oh <laughs> my God. <laughs> yeah. 
it was funny. My my guide said he said, you know, if you forget to turn off this, you're gonna wake up dead. <laughs> I said, what do you mean wake up dead? You're wake <laughs> That's up. reassuring. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's so funny. It's something that stuck with me. Yeah, you'll wake up dead. I said, okay, then. Well, I don't want to wake up dead. <laughs> so we we need to make sure to turn that propane heater off. As soon as we get warm. <laughs> Makes you a little self-aware of what you got going on, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, see, you always got to be aware, you know. I will say, Check. though, I mean, the entire trip we were there, we were cold. I mean, we were cold, weren't we? Oh, it'd get down to, like, the teens, sometimes single digits at night. Uh, and I know I got a I got a sleeping bag that was rated for negative 20, <laughs> but it sure didn't feel like – like it was rated for negative twenty. <laughs> that was right. that was minus twenty in Arkansas. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, so we piled up our jackets on our on our legs. You know, just try to keep them warm because that's really the only part that get get cold was your legs. You know, your upper body was was pretty pretty toasty. Um, but yeah, uh, it was. Uh, yeah, like we said, we finally made it to camp. Finally got settled in. Um, luckily, we had great weather the whole time. Uh, the wind Big blew. Great weather. Yeah, the wind blew quite a bit, you know, but that's just kind of the west for you. Uh, but compared to other days, it it really wasn't too bad. Uh, it was maybe it maybe got up to fifteen miles per hour at sometimes, uh, but it it was perfect conditions to get out there to hunt elk. Uh, to just experience all that Colorado had to had to offer, um, so um, it was it was just a perfect setup. You know, sometimes you book trips and you you can't control the weather. Obviously, Mother Nature has you has you by the by the balls. But I mean, luckily it worked out. So so we uh, well, and besides, you know, it being single digits at night, but. Well, I, I got to ask you too. This, you know, being cold, we're not here in Arkansas at a very high altitude. We're obviously above sea level and things like that. But when y'all were, you know, going in, what would you say the highest altitude y'all got to? You know, was there any concern that it was? Obviously, you can't really prepare for that here in Arkansas. But you know, what, what was your thoughts about having to walk in that higher altitude and having to work through that? You know. Uh... I took it easy, so. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, he took it easy. He killed one on the second day. Yeah, he <laughs> took it easy. Let's go. He ahead. took the easy way out is what he did. <laughs> yeah, so we were sitting about roughly 8,500, 9,000 foot elevation. Uh, so it was definitely a change from 170 Hickory Plains, Arkansas. Uh, so you could definitely tell the thin the air was thinner. Uh but I mean, I, me and we we, we kind of s- slow rolled it the first couple of days. We knew what was going on. We didn't really want to be up there with a headache the rest of the trip. Uh, so we slow rolled the first couple of days, and like I like Wit said, I killed one second day. So I I chilled at the camp the rest of the time drinking whiskey. Hey, <laughs> tell us, uh, tell us like your first day out and then into your second day as far as how you uh, were successful in harvesting that ale. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So <clears throat> we set up 
I think we got in Friday. Yeah, we got in. We packed in. We packed in Friday night or Friday evening. Season opened up Saturday. Um, so that first day, we were just kind of looking around. Uh, my my uncle uh, Michael, he he kind of he had an Onyx pen that we could you know hit up that he he's had found success in the past, and so uh, he he kind of pointed us in that direction. And so me and Wit, you know, I I was chicken shit up there. I mean, I have heard of cougars, you know, <laughs> mountain lions. So I'm like, we we're rolling together for the first couple of days. Just make sure we're acclimated, we're good to go. And uh, and so we we ended up going. I, you know, honestly, I think my main thing was <laughs> I was worried I was going to get hungry out there on the mountain. So we carried a bunch of food, but oh, didn't we? Yeah, <laughs> it was something I, else. Hey, get on this. Uh, so first day, me and you were out there. Um, we seen something we shouldn't have seen. I mean, let's get on that. Oh man! So first day, I mean, we're just getting right into the adrenaline pump. I mean, of the century. So me and Wit, we're we're walking through. It's probably ten, eleven o'clock in the morning. Uh, we're just easing up the ridge, trying to find some type of sign, elk sign. And uh, we're just easing up this kind of like a, a saddle. And uh, Wit, Wit says, hold up, hold up. I see a mule deer. And so, okay. I'm like, all right, all right, scope it in. Well, he scopes it in. It's not a mule deer. <laughs> it's now, a- I said, I said that thing's got a tail, really long <laughs> tail. He said, he said, hold on, this mule deer's got a tail. <laughs> so he scoped in it and just a couple of seconds of looking at it, he's like, this is a mountain lion. And it was probably a hundred yards away. And he said, should I shoot it? Should I shoot it? I said, well, if it's coming this way, we, we, we're not liable anymore. Just <laughs> <laughs> make it, make it look like it's coming towards us. But uh, I was about to have paw marks <laughs> on my face, you know, just after I shot this thing, Jake. Uh, yeah, I don't know about them things. Oh man, let me tell you. But it, as soon after he saw that, I was like, "Okay, well, let me make sure I can draw my pistol correctly." I mean, I was practicing. <laughs> I was I was jigging shit the rest of the time uh, up there. Uh, but yeah, so so we we stuck together the first day. Um, we actually ended up seeing a cow and a calf, and so we we're like, "Okay, well, there's maybe elk in this area. We're gonna go back." So second day, uh, we kind of ease up the, the mountain, same kind of uh, trajectory that we did the, the day before. And uh, <clears throat> we just, we have coffee about 10 o'clock. I mean, we're just, we're hanging out. I mean, we're just enjoying our time off. We, we don't really get much time off doing what we do. So we, we were just hanging out, just trying to soak it all in. Uh, and then about, about noon, Witt said, well, let, let's split up. So he's in, he went down the mountain, uh, and I went up the mountain probably 300. We were probably sitting about 300 yards away. Um, so about noon rolls around, and uh, sitting there, I have service, and he has this, uh, what's that thing called that you have, the inReach? That, that Garmin inReach, yeah. So I don't have a Garmin inReach, but I finally get service when I get to the top of this hill. And so about one, one or two 
comes around and I text him. I, I end up seeing some elk because because crazy thing about it is if you use your ears a lot during elk hunting, you can hear those rocks sliding off the mountain. And it's it's not just just because there's got to be something yeah, pushing something around. Something's knocking them down. <laughs> Yeah, so I look up there and of course, and I see, uh, I think it's, I couldn't really tell how many points they had, but it was a raghorn elk bull. Um, and then he was following about three or four cows. Uh, it was cool though. They were just kind of zigzagging down. <laughs> and that, that grade of that mountain was 40, 50 degrees. I mean, oh, it was yeah. steep. And that's why those rocks were falling. Uh, I text a wit. I tell him, hey, get up here. I need your scope so I can see. And uh, so, so he's running up this hill, three hundred yards. He finally gets up there. Y'all, three hundred yard, three hundred yards doesn't sound like far, but when it's about <laughs> four hundred foot of altitude above you, three hundred yards, it's a long place. <laughs> I mean, by the time I get to the top of this hill, and he's talking, all I seen was a raghorn bull and a. And a couple of uh, cow elk, I'm like, man, (laughs) (laughs) I literally could have pushed him down that hill. I'm so mad. Uh, But I finally saw elk. I mean, this is first day. We're we're pumped over it. I mean that that was a blast, wasn't it, Sam? Oh yeah, yeah. Just being able to see elk first day, you can't beat that. I was like, oh, we're on the X. You know, and and. In all reality, I, I my favorite thing would be if Jacob, if you and Drew could have gone on that kind of trip. I mean, my God, I if if we had a bunch of buddies out there, I guarantee we'd probably sit at camp the whole time, just told lies. I mean, because oh yeah, because I know that the kind of hiking we were wanting to do, we'd have done it one day and we'd be like, oh. We might just try to kill them here from camp. <laughs> we we yeah, would have been in a lot of trouble. <laughs> I mean, y'all are talking me into one of these trips, but talking me out of it at the same time. But no, it, it'd be cool. I I'd be all about going. Uh, so they're just like loose rocks on the side of this hill, and these elk are just knocking them down like you know, like bowling balls, and they're just clacking down the side of this hill, or what? Yeah, so I, uh, kind of explanation for it. The last day I went, uh, Sam already killed his, and we're going to get to that, but kind of a broad spectrum kind of description of this. I mean, we're when we're sitting at camp, we can look up and we can see the mountain we're going to. like, And these elk, where we were, I mean, it might not be the same way everywhere else. I mean... I don't know. If you pay enough, you might get something that's on flat land. I think I think at some point I might pay enough to do that, but these elk are up there. I'm telling y'all, it's it's like when you're standing up, you're sideways. I mean, there ain't no way I mean you're not you're not you're like got one hand on the ground. That's how steep it is. And so when they get up there on that stuff, like Sam's talking about, that that rocky area, you can hear these rocks falling down. And it's because their feet are knocking them down off the side of this mountain. And and it's constant. I mean, about 2.33 o'clock, 
that was main time, wasn't it, Sam? Yeah. I said, what in the world is knocking those rocks yeah. off? The yeah. like, it's not a win. I mean, there wasn't no win. There wasn't no earthquake. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> these elk are knocking these rocks off. And it was it was pretty cool to hear. I mean, you'd hear them at night, too. I mean, that was crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, luckily, yep, my- we're on a second rifle season. So we heard a few bugles the trip. We um, did. But so, yeah, it, it's nice to hear beagles when you're up there in the mountain. Kind of kind of makes you feel like, hey, we may be on top of them. <laughs> it's almost like a turkey gobbling on the roost. I bet it has that same kind of effect on you. I mean, it's, they kind of were on the roost when they <laughs> I guess, uh, were beagling, <laughs> weren't they, Sam? I mean, we heard them at night or a little bit right after dark. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, you'd hear them late afternoon and at night you know those those elk they're seasoned to kind of hang out at night i guess from the pressure and them being nocturnal but uh yeah it it was cool we what we hear about three or four different vehicles i'd say yeah i heard one that first that first evening and then you mentioned you heard a couple that other day but uh it, it definitely wasn't like a October bow hunt of no means. I mean, it was just, it was probably what most people would expect for a second rifle. Uh, yeah. But, so, I mean, go ahead, Jake. I was just going to say, rolling into day two, y'all are had some activity. Y'all got a little idea what to be listening and looking for. And uh, y'all get out and try to get on them, huh? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Day two, Sam was so scared that a mountain lion was going to eat him, so I had to walk <laughs> with him. But yeah, we finally make it up to. I, I'm telling you, every day we had out there, we went to the same spot. We just wandered up there. I mean, yeah. but I mean, we're climbing the mountain. I mean, that's supposedly where they're supposed to be. So that was our yeah. area to hunt. We had a group of four of us. So I mean. The other two guys went different directions and they had, you know, I could have them on and they had different mountain lion experiences, etc. But I mean, the second day was kind of the, it was the big day, wasn't it, Sam? I mean. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Second I mean, day. The second yeah. day was perfect. I mean, the weather was right. The wind was right. I mean, we get up to the same area we've been at the day before, seeing those cows. And we split up just a little bit. I mean, it wasn't a long ways. I said, Sam, this is this is where I sat yesterday. I guarantee there'll be something come through here. Was I wrong? No, you were right on the money, baby. <laughs> and, and about that time, I just start strolling downhill. I'm like, well, let's be closer to camp, anyways. I'll just go down. I'll go downstream. That way, Sam has a longer walk than I do when we get done hunting and. <laughs> I, I really wasn't expecting much. And about that time, yeah. I, I'm i looking off through the woods and I see a coyote. I'm like, what in the world? There's a coyote over here. <laughs> and then about about 10 seconds later, I hear a kaboom. It sounded pretty much like he was shooting right at me. I mean, I was only about <laughs> 200 yards downhill from you at that point. You know, 
and no. I walk over this hill and I can see him. Like, I mean, that's how close we were to each other on that mountain. Yeah. I mean, now that I think about it, yeah, I was shooting right towards you. <laughs> My bad, Wit. <laughs> I mean, Wouldn't I, was, first I was good. I mean, I was good. I'm glad you shot. Yeah. But at, at the same time, I never saw those elk. I, I seen the coyote, and I'm pretty sure that was what bumped them towards us. But, hey, that is what yeah. it is. And I walk over this hill. I see Sam up there, and I put my arms up. It's the stereotypical bell move. And I'm like, where in the world is this elk at you just shot at? And, and he starts pointing. And I walk over there, and I just started hooping and hollering. I, I <laughs> In all honesty, I, I've been excited about a bunch of things. Like, we can shoot a duck. It has a band. I'll be excited for, oh, millisecond or so. <laughs> but seeing that huge elk, bundled up there i mean the only reason he was stopped as high as he was because he hit a cedar tree i mean <laughs> sam hit him good I, it wasn't like he just hit him just miscellaneously just barely got him we had to track him down no where sam hit him i'm pretty sure he just all he did from the second he got shot was fall and he just yeah. fell down his hill yeah and he i just looked kept at his- it i said sam there's a there's an elk dead right here. And and a lot of people don't understand like the excitement that somebody might get from killing an elk. Cause they probably killed several, but you take two guys from Prairie County flatland and we go up to the mountains on horses and we kill something. What? I mean, we're like, yeah, we, we clean deer out here on the ground, but, I ever killed an elk <laughs> on the ground. You have you, Jacob? Uh, negative on that. I my first question was when you said y'all had one down. I said, "Well, did y'all clean it in about ten minutes because that's how long it takes y'all to skin and clean a deer about ten minutes." <laughs> well, Sam's been yeah. practicing. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you, we've been there before. <laughs> uh, we get we get to YouTube this. videos. We yeah. get to this elk. We take our pictures. Everybody knows you got to take your pictures, right? And I get to rag him a little bit. I'm like, man, everybody acts like you can't move this elk. Me and Sam's over there jerking him around trying to take pictures with him. I'm like, well, heck, we don't kill the juvenile. But Yeah, I, we, uh, we manhandled him pretty good there. It may I'll, have been, you know, gravity helping us too. Yeah, we had that side of that mountain helping us a lot. <laughs> But a little adrenaline rush, um, a little bit of both. I mean, but in all honesty, we'll we'll get the picture on the Little Woods Outdoors page on Facebook so everybody can see. Sam killed a banger five by five, and it was a blast helping him clean that thing. I mean, we used the little knife kit I had. Didn't get dull. Then we had to go figure out i'm telling y'all this was a first time experience for all of us i mean we're over there trying to figure out how to tie this thing in the tree uh put him in the bags it was a blast and i and i i can't i can't say how happy i am for sam i mean i know i i wish i would have killed one too but it is what it is. At the same time, when I when I paid money and and went on this trip, 
that was the best money I ever paid. I mean, to see Sam kill one, how happy he was. He when I told him there was one down right there, he called me a liar the first ten seconds I was telling him that because it that like that's how that's how much it meant to him. I mean, he'd been out there a few years in a row, and that's my first trip. I was like, man, I I'll double up on that. I, I was feeling selfish, but. At the same time, Sam killing that deer or that elk, that was just, it was a blast. And so, yeah, I mean, we enjoyed that. Yeah. I mean, you guys got to experience something that a lot of people pay a lot of money for and never hear, never see. Dad went for many, many years before he even saw one. And, you know, it's, uh, it's something you guys accomplished something that not a lot of people get to do. Yeah. So, what? Whenever you got back to camp, y'all uh celebrated with a little, little drink. With they leave you any, or did you uh use out hunting still, wasn't you? Yeah. No. So, the day after we were supposed to have this guy come in there and pack it out. So, and that's what I taught so much good stuff about this pack in trip, right? Because the guys that pack you in, pack your elk out. All right, they'll take it to the processor for you. They'll take it to the taxidermist, wherever you ask them to do. Well, he didn't come the next day, so thank God me and Sam's spot that we put it was pretty cool, I guess. I don't know. He said, put it on the cool side of the mountain. We didn't know what side of the cool side of the mountain was. <laughs> I mean, we were over there just having us a good old time. In yeah. mountains in Hickory Plains are about, uh 10 foot tall so uh we had trouble with that but the third day after sam killed it we all out there hunting except for sam i'm like man why don't you hunt with me come on hunt with me bring some of that good luck and he stays at the camp he walks in with that guy they 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 have horses and they pack the meat out i mean i'm glad they did i am because I worked yeah, hard was, on that meat too, but yeah, it was due. That meat was it, due. It was about time down the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was crunch time in terms of the meat uh, expiration date. But uh, about that time, I, when I texted that guy from that Garmin inReach that I had, I said, "Dude, when you come in, I know you got to come in, and we did not pack right. We we only had so many pounds we could bring." I said, man, bring us a bottle of whiskey. And about that time, we get back to camp after that. Jacob, I swear on everything, there was none of it left. And I get back to the camp. <laughs> I get back to the camp cold, <laughs> mad I didn't see nothing. And and I got a bottle, and they're like, yeah, here you go. And it's like a shot of man. I'm like, oh, my gosh. So I did, just kind of an explanation to everybody that ever goes on this trip. If you drink whiskey... And when it's cold, make sure you take some poundage out so you can take that because it's so worth it. And Sam drank every bit of it. I mean, when I got back, he was telling me stories I ain't even ever heard of before. <laughs> hey, you know, it'll do something to the mind when you're sitting at camp for three days, just twiddling your thumbs, cleaning That's on right. that skull. You know, you're sitting there and just, just a man in his thoughts in that skull. So... <laughs> Hey, real quick, Sam. Uh, you said there's ivory. You was 
you sent me a message the other day showing me like the little ivory deal in the skull of that. Explain that real quick. I never heard of that. Yeah. So I remember reading about it back a long time ago, but I forgot about it. Can uh, I back but, y'all up just a second? Yeah. So after we kill this thing, me and Sam hang up all this meat. The main thing was getting this antlers back to camp. So we're like, how far are we, Sam? I'm sorry, I, I'm butting this out. But oh, how far? No, are we? go ahead. We gotta, we gotta keep it right. Uh, about three quarter mile from from camp. Yeah, which doesn't sound bad, but when it's at like a a steep grade of, you know, there might be a uh, uh, a truck brake uh, brake check station on the way down. I mean, like it was steep. <laughs> And so me and Sam are heading down this mountain and and we've got and I was making him carry it. I had his gun. I wasn't I wasn't like I was being a bad guy, but I carried his gun back for him and and I had Sam's uh elk head attached to the back of his Max backpack. We had about what do we have about 50 foot of uh rope wrapped around that thing or what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we yeah. had that it, it's recommended everybody go look on a survivalist backpack trip kind yeah. of setting. It yeah. says bring fifty foot of rope. Well, I didn't want to yeah. cut the rope, so I was like, Sam, we just use this fifty foot on your backpack. So we wrapped yeah. it around this backpack <laughs> about eight hundred times and we had and- this rope and this LK had <laughs> attached to Sam's backpack. Well, the Max yeah, backpack is not equipped to carry a 150-pound elk head out of the woods. Is all I got to say. Because you know, about I, three... I learned, <laughs> I learned about three different knots from the old vet wit <laughs> trying to get that thing on the backpack. And I swear we get 100 yards with this thing. And I take I I misstep one time I, I slip and then just whoosh, all of a sudden the dang the dang elk head goes one way I go the other way and it's still attached on one side but I'm walking off Whopper John <laughs> halfway down the mountain which said hey are you good I said yes let's just get the heck out of here there's mountain lines up here I I need to get back to camp. <laughs> I was ready to get back. Yeah, <laughs> we had we had blood all over that backpack. He's worried. Mm-hmm. But yeah, R.I.P. I mean, my uh... that Max bag. He made it a long ways. I mean, he made it to Colorado. So yeah, I call it my satchel now. My yeah, it's a satchel. satchel. It's it's kind of like a man satchel where he just puts it on one shoulder because it's only got one. <laughs> One side, we got one strap. Yeah, but anyway, so you got the head back on your Max uh, (laughs) satchel, fanny fanny pack satchel. Uh, You you sent me those pictures, and I never heard of it. But there's ivory in those things somewhere. Yeah, I never heard of that. Yeah, so right around their uh, the canines on the elk. If you look up, probably couple inches there's ivory up there and uh it's it's kind of where they what they say in the history books i mean uh, they say that there was uh they had tusk back in the day to where they they fought off each other 
but as they grew antlers, bigger antlers, then they just kind of shrunk those tusks into where they were just, you know, small teeth or small like ivory uh, knobs in a way. So they really didn't use those. So they kind of, uh, over the time, they kind of shrunk down. Uh, but it, it's neat, though. I, I I cracked them out of the skull. Uh, I boiled them down. Uh, you know, a good old YouTube video uh, showed me how to preserve it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I got them upstairs right now um, looking. I don't know what I'm going to make out of them, but, hell, maybe maybe a ring one day if I find an old gal. <laughs> hey, oh, yeah. hey, hey, baby. <laughs> What about this ivory, ivory right Ooh. here? <laughs> Got this from the mountains of Colorado for you. Yeah, girl. <laughs> or uh, we just make you a matching set of nipple rings. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that'll, that'll shine in the dark right there. Well, and, and that's one thing, too, we want to mention about, like, elk heads and things like that. Uh, you can't really – uh, my dad probably – it's one of the few people that I know that still has like a full head mount for an elk because of, you know, the CWD that comes with elk and trying to transport that across state lines. That's, that's a big concern that, uh, the game wardens have. And, and so it kind of prohibits what you can really do with that, you know, those, those mounts and things of that. Uh, so (laughs) I, I guess whatever you want to turn it into, you know, I'm sure it can be creative, uh, but you know, a lot of people have to do the European mounts and and things like things like that. You know. Yeah, I I turned the skull into Euro mount. Uh, it took took a, quite a quite a bit of time. Uh, I, I'm gonna pay somebody next time to do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But as far as the meat goes, you have to debone the meat before you cross state lines. That's right. And uh, that's that's from uh, the risk of CWD. Uh, there's there's a bunch of documented cases in Colorado uh, for this this uh, disease called uh, chronic wasting disease uh, CWD. Uh, it's in elk, uh, deer, that type of animal, and uh, uh, Arkansas is kind of worried that uh, CWD could get transferred over from the elk bones if the elk had it to the deer population, which in fact, they, they pulled some elk from, I don't know where, but they put them in North central Arkansas. Now we have CWD in our state, which doesn't make much sense. AGFC, I'm going to tag you in this podcast. I want an answer now. (laughs) (laughs) No running from it. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, I I may. uh, Yeah. Sorry, that's that's a little sensitive subject there, but uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I'm just gonna be the first know, one. To, I'll be the first one to say that I, I think anything that AGFC touches, they screw up. I mean, I'll be the first one to say it. If anybody else agree, disagrees, I mean, come on and tell me, but tell me why. But I, I've seen the elk up at Boxley. There's a couple studs running around up there. If you could draw out in that field where everybody goes take some pictures, yeah, I'd just be sitting that picture waiting on them to come out. <laughs> I, me, me and my wife was up there one year, and this lady gets out of the truck, and you know everybody's everybody's lined up on the side of the road, and uh, we're just sitting there, just kind of watching the elk and watching tourists at the same time. This lady gets out, she's like. 
oh, look, there's Big Daddy. Let's go see Big Daddy. And we just started <laughs> dying laughing. And then, I mean, he was a Big Daddy out there. He's a, he's a stud elk just yeah, out there hanging out. They're, they're pets now out there. I, I wasn't far from Ponca, which has a big population, kind of where that started at, really, I believe, in certain certain aspects of Arkansas. But, uh, but there are more pets <laughs> for them up there. We don't really get to – I mean, there's a very limited draw for us to hunt elk in Arkansas. It's like maybe 50 hunters, I think. It may be more now. I've never really looked into it, but uh, it's it's interesting now how you can see that. And there used to be elk here. They they used to talk about it all the time. There's different animals that no longer exist here and have kind of been pushed out, like mountain lions. Uh, elk are now being reintroduced, and our turkey population stinks right now. And I don't know what they're doing to that. I think they're pushing too hard for it. But that's for another sh- uh, subject to talk about as well. You know, I by the time we got that elk off the mountain, Sam, it was about time to go home. I was glad to be back in flatlands. I mean, that was a great trip. And uh, yeah. like everybody's Same. talked about tonight, I mean, it. there's not many people that get to get to do that on their especially their first kind of DIY trip. I mean if you if you pay to get packed in, you're doing it yourself. I mean yeah. they might have you some water there, but I bet you we filtered a ton of water. I mean, we're da- had to walk to the creek and do it. We were glad to yeah. be there. We had to hike to certain spots. We had to worry about mountain lions eating us i mean yeah what was the what last night wind started what do you think was about to happen i mean tell us <laughs> oh, oh man i'm telling you they're just you, you really can't let your guard down up you there. can't let your guard down because <laughs> i mean there's dead trees out there you worried about trees falling so, on you in the yeah. tent i mean <laughs> so it, i think it was an it, experience i mean oh it, it was and so our uncle Michael, he said something about some bugs or something got into the some of the aspens or the evergreens up there, and they they chewed the bark down or kind of the stumps down to where they they made them real fragile, and so they killed the tree and the tree's dead, but it's still standing upright, and uh, and we had three or four of them sitting there right by our camp, and what was crazy was. Uh, two, two or three of them had already fell, but str- they fell strategically to kind of like box us in. I felt yeah, like the right. next, the next tree was going to be right on top of us. <laughs> it was going to uh, hit the target, huh? Yeah. So I, I fell asleep with that thought in my mind. Um, it was after a couple pulls of whiskey. Yeah, I, it was uh, a whiskey night, Jake. <laughs> yeah. It was whiskey <laughs> night. And, uh, I, uh. I woke up just for was, whiskey night, just for Sam. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I woke up with like heartburn, everything. But what woke me up was the wind blowing, <laughs> the wind blowing, and uh, it kind of like you know it made the 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 old uh, canvas flat against the against Dark. the posts that were late. Yeah, it, it it was flapping real hard, and I was like, oh my god. So I guess I had it in my mind that. You know, these trees are about to fall. And so I woke up with my hands pushed towards the outer side (laughs) of the tent. (laughs) And I I woke up, I said, no. 
and like and I, <laughs> it was funny. I, I pushed, and like these these canvas tent had stakes that were keeping up the edges uh, to kind of make it formed. And <laughs> what was funny is I was like, no, and I pushed towards the outer side of the tent, and in, I ended up pushing one of the stakes down. <laughs> So it kind of collapsed a little bit on me. Yeah. It was like semi. I thought the whole tent was coming in. I, I oh. but I was thinking the same thing. I mean, and and Sam hinted on it earlier. I mean, these canvas tents ain't warm, especially this time of year when we were there. Yeah. I mean, it was cold. It was cold, and we were freezing to death. And I and I was any second I'd wake up. I mean, I was like, oh my god, I'm freezing to death. I had about. <laughs> Oh, eight or ten of those hot hands going in my sleeping bag at all times. I mean, like everybody was cold, and and I wake up and I hear Sam yelling, "No!" And I was like, "Oh my gosh, here comes this tree down on us!" I was like, "Maybe he'll, maybe he'll stop it or something." But, uh, you know, it, it was a blast, and in all honesty, I mean, we lived through it. Hopefully, that tree fell down. We were worried about, uh, but. We're, we're gonna go back i mean that was that was a blast of a time and 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 sam killing something was just even i mean it was icing on the cake i don't care if i ever kill one but going with sam and and seeing that reaction that was that was worth more money than i could even explain to somebody i mean getting to be a part of that that big beast he stunk god he was the worst smelling thing i ever ever walked up on in my life but i was i mean it's it's a smell you'll never experience unless you kill one and that's what i want people to know i mean if if you ain't got a ton of money you can still go do it just walk out on some public land and go do it i mean that's all you need to do i mean we're out in the middle of nowhere i mean we paid extra to get out there hiked in with horses and 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 little to say i mean i enjoyed the horse walk in i mean that was a blast but at the same time you could just walk into these areas that we went to and we still killed one and we saw plenty i think every day we saw a shooter did we not sam yeah yeah so everybody needs to know elk hunting it's 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 borderline getting commercialized like the duck hunting atmosphere, but I really do think people can still do it for a reasonable price. And, and I think this year that we go, I think we're going to try to take a couple buddies. So, yeah. uh, hopefully we'll have a good time with that, but you yeah. know, we, we've been on here for an hour. Sam, I, I'm going to summarize this whole trip in one little statement here. Sam, went on a trip he's been he's been hunting his oh at least the last three years trying to kill an elk he's worked his i mean weeks at a time over there in colorado and he finally killed one this year i was fortunate enough to be a part of it he killed a five by five elk we're gonna get a picture on the little woods outdoors on facebook everybody go look at that i mean you get an opportunity like that, he's uh, you can't beat it. So yeah. uh, I, I'm proud of you, Sam. I literally 
I'm glad I was about 20 yards past that elk because you might have shot me <laughs> if I'd have been any closer. But yeah, yeah. I mean, that was a blast, and and yeah, can't thank you and, enough. I mean, we talked at the beginning about these big deer you killed, but that's just that's kind of almost an out of body kind of experience ki- killing those elk. Uh-huh. It was a blast. Oh yeah, I just something I noticed on the elk was the the hair on the back was was like two and a half, three inches long. I was like, what? It's just, it's not normal. It's not like a whitetail. So it, I was very proud. I respect these animals. Um, I've been chasing them for three years, finally luck out on one. Um, but it, it's it's definitely an honor to be able to harvest one um, and be able to, you know, feed the family, eat on it for probably three, four months. I mean, I'm I'm still working on, I've, I've got about 50, 80 pounds left. Uh, but uh, really what I want to tell all the listeners out here is, you know, it's, it's, it's still, I mean, you can, you can go do it yourself. Uh, get a tag. Uh, make sure you stay hydrated. Uh, I'd highly recommend Onyx Maps. Uh, that kind of keeps you, uh, your, your, where you're at and um and just really just preparing you really don't have to learn how to call uh as long as you can find the elk uh find where they're hanging out at and if you're just amongst them you're going to get lucky you're going to be able to see them um so just kind of scouting out those areas that uh that are kind of hard to reach uh on onyx that's kind of what i did uh just kind of preparing for the weather whether it's going to be cold or windy, bring plenty of chapstick. <laughs> That's right. Was, yeah. Um, but just uh, preparation with elk hunting is a thing. Just make sure you have uh, a way to contact if you, you know, fall and you can't get, you know, if you break something, you know, make sure you have, I personally like to hunt with a buddy, hunt with wit, because, you know, that way we have somebody to, pull us out of those hard times but uh uh, definitely recommend hunting with a buddy uh your first couple trips until you know it but but really i mean it's just uh you don't really have to spend a lot of money to get out there and experience uh, colorado wherever you want to go um just yeah you just just go out there and do it uh the tags are six hundred dollars uh you really you can bring your own gun so i mean tops with gas money where it depends on where you're at you could probably get by with you know fifteen hundred dollars to max of two thousand and that's with like meat processing so i mean uh it's definitely something that i recommend definitely something that i'll do again um i may try to get after them with the bow next time Uh, but it's it was a fantastic trip I'm very appreciative of Wit uh, to go with me and help me clean it, help me pack it out. I mean, it was it was just a a great break from uh, civilization, from you know real life. Uh, doing doing things like that uh, really kind of you remember those things. You don't really remember the day to day life, the day to day struggle of going through working your your nine to five, but just get out there and do something that you can remember, you know, do something that 
you can talk about around the campfire, drinking with your buddies. Is all I is all I have. That's to say. right. I That's mean, right. and right. and I enjoyed it too, Sam. I mean, it was a blast. I wish y'all have left me more whis- more whiskey that night, but it is what it is. I you know, kind of touching a little bit on Seth. I didn't paint my face a single time. So if anybody <laughs> listened to the last episode, they know what I'm talking about. But Drew, you, I think you had a little bit of something. Yeah, I just want to say congratulations, Sam. I'm very happy that you guys got to experience that, man. That's a, that's a once-in-a-lifetime, and hopefully more times will happen for you and your buddies. Uh, I also want to thank the listeners that are listening right now. We're very appreciative of you guys. Uh, if you haven't already, check us out on social media. We've got a Facebook page that's really high. You're going to get to see some really cool pictures and videos from this trip. Uh, we're going to continue to do better to to upload things as the uh, as the seasons progress. We've started a new year here, and I'm really looking forward to all of this. I'm really excited to see everything that we're going to bring to you guys. We're close to a 10 decade episode. Excuse me, not 10 decade, a decade episode. Uh, it's hard to believe that we've done seven so far. So really look forward to to doing more with this and and having more guests and have sam back on with with the rest of the crew and just wanted to say thank you guys and i've really enjoyed it thank you drew jacob i enjoyed it did you catch your dogs yet oh yeah i got them i got them halfway hemmed up that's right we're waiting on that episode on sunday be on the dose again i know you're ready to talk about them but sam thank you so much for being on uh sam's starting his own podcast here soon we're gonna be on a health and wellness uh from time to time we'll we'll bring him back on don't you worry up just because he's killed a couple deer and an elk don't mean that's all he's ever done so he's got plenty of insight on duck hunting goose hunting he he know there's a reason he don't goose hunt no more. So we'll uh we'll all touch on that and and Drew, thank you for being on, brother. Always. Uh I'm I'll be completely honest, be the first one to say it. I'm glad you even last this whole episode. Usually you break off, but <laughs> Hey, I made it to the end, baby. I made it. I finished. What'd you say? I just oh, I said I just oh, kidding. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Listen to this guy. I'm glad to have you on. I'm glad to have you on too. Enjoyed Drew. it. Enjoyed it. Enjoyed uh, it. That was a blast. And, and everybody literally like Drew said, go find us on little woods outdoors. Uh, Sam killed a huge elk. It's going to be on Facebook. Just look right now. Everybody go look to it. Uh, it was a blast and and that trip i guarantee we're gonna do it again this year and hopefully we got another picture uh we got a lot of time to go to that and and in the meantime we've been killing some geese so sunday i think we got a good story for you uh so everybody keep in touch and other than that anybody else got anything to say uh thanks for having me i appreciate it it was a good time uh, we look. Yep. Thank you, Sam. We look yes, forward to sir. having you on very, very often. Love you, brother. Yeah. Everybody right. else, you y'all be good. Thanks Much again love. for listening to Little Woods Outdoors. 